I feel like that is what we need in the world today is a, is more partnership and collaboration and thinking more thinking about uh, I don't know I, when I when I talk to groups and I talk to our partner groups I, I talk about like let's look like tell me where the center of the Venn diagram is because mm -hmm. you know your goals uh, you know your circles over here and my circles over here and they mm -hmm. cross a little bit but these partners over here you know they're gonna cross over but <laughs> Where do we all, you know, what's the area there in the center where all of the circles overlap? Welcome to the Hardwood Podcast, a program dedicated to sharing ideas, thoughts, and voices of respected professionals in environmental studies that care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They all have lived and have work experiences that add to their outlook and understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we on the Hardwood Podcast are committed to sharing the voice as well as making space for others to ponder our dialogues. On this episode, I sit down on site at Yale Myers Forest with Rachel Rayner, Chief of Rural and Community Forestry at the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources Bureau of Forestry. Rachel holds a master's degree in forest resources from Penn State, and a bachelor's degree in forestry from Louisiana State University, and she is the recipient of several awards, including the Society of American Foresters Young Forester Leadership Award, the DCNR Team Excellence Award, the U.S. Forest Service Science Award, and more recently the Myra Lloyd Dock Outstanding Women Conservationist Award. Rachel is special not only because she is an outstanding forester, but also because she is passionate about the opportunities to enhance people's development by integrating diversity, equity, and inclusion as part of every Force Crew's core values. And as always, if you have thoughts, feedback, and ideas about things that you would like for us to discuss on Hartwood, please send them to thomas.easley at yale.edu and let us know your thoughts. And I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you had a great time listening to Rachel on this episode. us today as part of our Yale Forest Forum, where we're talking about our theme is uh, dismantling marginalization. And you have a decorated career in forestry, natural resources, also know that you're an arborist too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and you're coming to us from New Cumberland, Pennsylvania, you know, but uh, I know that you have an or uh, another place of origin maybe. So what I'd like to do is just ask you, can you tell us a little bit like where you're from? Uh, and uh, and then how did you get into what you're doing now? Okay. All right. All right. So I, I'm from a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So uh, my family moved around a lot growing up. So I actually, oddly enough, was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at a hospital that's about seven blocks from where I work now. Okay. <laughs> so we lived there for only a few months before we moved to Louisiana, and we were there for six years and then we moved to Florida and we were in Florida for three years and we moved to Wyoming and we were in Wyoming for a year. And we were in Montana for not quite a year. And then we moved back to Louisiana and I was there for 10 years and I went to um, LSU there and actually went to grad school at Penn State okay. and ended up working 
eventually then down the street from where I was born. So (laughs) a giant convoluted circle. So, yeah. Um, And how I got interested in forestry. So another odd thing about my family, we were uh, in the summertime, we were basically gypsies. Uh, So we would get in the vehicle and just travel around drive all over the United States. So essentially we were in pretty much all the lower 58 states and most of Canada. Uh, And we'd drive along and we we didn't have a lot of money. So we camped everywhere. We camped for literally about, uh, do like 90 day camping trips. And we'd be, yep, that's super, whole summer we'd be gone and traveling all over. We stayed a lot in national forests. Uh, because you don't have to pay anything to stay there, so <laughs> that was, you know, super nice incentive. Uh, right. We went to a lot of national parks. We did all kinds of outdoor stuff growing up, and so I, I attribute my love of the outdoors mm-hmm. to that. And then, um, you know, in looking for a career, starting at LSU, I actually started in psychology. Mm-hmm. And after you know three weeks, I decided <laughs> That's all the that well, it was probably less than that actually, but. Um, yeah, I decided this is not what I want to do. And at that time, we had a big book of courses. Mm-hmm. And I took the course book and literally paged right through that thing and saw forestry and thought, hey, that that could be for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started in forestry and never looked back since then. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Psychology, forestry... Louisiana, Florida, Wyoming, Montana, Louisiana again, back to Pennsylvania again. Wow. And your love of the outdoors came family outings, spending time over the summer, significant time. That's why you said 90 Mm -hmm. days. I went three months. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm an Eagle Scout. We didn't go camping like that. So, okay. (laughs) Only crazy people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it seems like, y'all, you really embrace outdoors. You went to National Forest. Did you know? Before I even get like into the like deeper into the career, did you do you feel that you've always had a love of outdoors, or do you or can you like see how it's changed over time? Like I know, like when I was in the Boy Scouts, I would go, I would feel better being with the guys than if I was out there by myself. Now I just love going, I do rock climbing and everything, but. Those teens until those early twenties, that's not, you know, um, it was different. I, 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 my love was not like it is now. I'm just curious, has have you or do you consider yourself to have that strong love outdoors, outdoors person and I get out there? So that's an interesting question. Um, so I would say I guess in some ways yes, in some ways no. Maybe that you know, it has like evolved kind of over time. Um mm-hmm. and certainly as a kid and doing all this camping, there were well, let me tell you, like, it sounds really glamorous. You're going to do, like, a 90-day camping trip. Um, yeah, there were plenty of fits thrown, I can tell you, you know, uh, and plenty of hikes that were on where uh, you'd just, like, oh, I'm so tired, I'm done. And then they're, like, um, you know, I don't want to go anymore. Um, you know, so, that it, again, not all of that was really very glamorous. Um, and But, you know, I I feel like, it was still that solid connection, you know, and it was fun stuff that we did, uh, cool things that we were learning in both my parents, my mom still to this day, a big hiker. Um, and you know, my dad was uh, sort of very into, um, like he did scouting growing up also. And he was very into, you know, talking about different stuff in nature. So, um, and they took a lot of that as learning opportunities, 
for myself and my two sisters. So, um, so yeah, that was the really foundational stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like you, I kind of evolved and I I sort of went through, um, different phases. And I would say like in high school, I probably aligned more with Sierra club, let's say, um, Mm -hmm. those types of groups, Mm -hmm. uh, environmental groups Mm -hmm. and, uh, getting into forestry, which I guess I should also mention that even spending as much time as we did outdoors as a kid and time in the National Forest, I had no idea that forestry was a career. It was, mm. you know, I didn't really find that out until I flipped and saw forestry as a an item in mm. <laughs> the catalog of courses. So, yes, we still have a long ways to go with uh, getting word out there about um <laughs> This is a viable career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so when I went to forestry school and learning sort of more about natural systems and more about silviculture, uh, you know, I come, like my my whole experience was shaped by that. Okay. And okay. so, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, um, you know, here's more. I guess I appreciate now things from, from both of those sides of things. So I appreciate like... Um, and I think most foresters do like the that there is that emotional connection that we have to nature, um, and then there there is also that idea of um, that we can use these things sustainably in a in a wise way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's kind of a mixture of all of those things. And then of course you're learning more and more as you go through your career, and the more people that you're interacting with. Mm-hmm. You know, I learn more every day from all the interactions I have with different folks and different people that are in different parts of all the professions that are connected to the forest and, you know, how we can um, work together and what the challenges are in the different areas and mm-hmm. and trying to appreciate where other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you have, you know, folks over here, uh, one thing that I talk a lot about, uh, so I work for the government, uh, which is a very different workplace than, you know, academia or industry or even consulting. And so, um, you know, I, I work very hard to try to not be insular in the thinking mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's really easy just because when that's your experience and your job, um, you can very easily sort of get the feeling that uh, everybody else's uh, thinking and space works the same, but it doesn't. And so something, for example, that we talk about at our work, well, uh, if we have projects that we want feedback from consultants on or consulting foresters on, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've become very concerned to say, all right, how can we get this feedback in a way that makes sense for these folks to participate in it? Because we know that, well, when I go to a meeting, I get paid to go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of my job is to go to this meeting. Right. A consultant has to take time out of time that this person would all, all, you know, be out there making money. Mm. And so they're giving up. They, they have an opportunity cost that they, are, they have to pay in order to attend our meeting. And so we need to appreciate that and figure, hey, you know, how do we work with folks? We know we want your feedback and, um, you know, you're welcome to come to our meeting. But if there is a better way then let's talk about it because we want to appreciate the constraints that other people are facing. Mm, okay. Well, okay, so recognizing that a number of people are facing many challenges, 
but this field is also, and I'm talking about forestry. I think it's still in some ways male male dominated as far as like uh, I'll say some of the leadership because obviously it's changing, you know, in a positive way, just not quick enough. Uh, but it's changing. What kept you anchored in this discipline? Not not assuming that that's a problem, okay? But I'm just curious, you know. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I know you've been doing this work, you know, like like little fifteen years, maybe eighteen years. Yep. What would yep. keep you? Yeah, what would keep you in a field like that, knowing that people are things are constantly changing, and then at the same time they're not. People are constantly wanting things, and what they want then really seems to change. Just the people, it seems like what what they need, and then you have to deal, work with people from all of these different places. What? What kept you in this field? So I will say there's a, a number of things that come to mind when you ask that question. So mm-hmm. um, one is that it's the mission of it, you know, that we are in this to do sustainable work. And this isn't just for us. We do sustainable work for people that we don't even know yet or well, okay. and also for people now that we don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, so we we do this work uh, for those folks. But as mm-hmm. far as like... Um, kind of a a grounding thread or a place that I get energy or something like that. Um, the place that's been very important for me is the Society of American Foresters. Um, and that is because, um, I don't know, I've just found a lot of support there. A lot of folks that have been very good to me, a lot of folks that have been, have been mentors to me, uh, a lot of folks that... Um, you know, gosh, if you're, especially if you're involved at the national level um, and uh, attending national convention and all those sorts of things are related to that, mm-hmm. you know, you have a network of folks. And then when you have an issue, you can always pick up the phone and call somebody that you know that's mm-hmm. in some other state to say, gosh, we're struggling with XYZ. Tell me how you're doing, you know, dealing with that in your area. Um, or, you know, maybe you have a question about a certain type of work that you, maybe you don't have access to or that you're trying to encourage in your area. You probably know somebody you know, somewhere else that you can pick up the phone and call and ask for some help. Um, and I will say, like, to me, going to those meetings and um, in some ways it's kind of like you are putting yourself out there if you are a person that maybe looks different from everybody else to attend those meetings. But like I say, I've found support and mentorship there and um, it's been a really great experience for me. And there've been times at my work where I get discouraged, you know, like there's, there are discouraging things that happen. And uh, I found that, you know, even when I feel like, oh, I want to quit, you know, <laughs> and then, then I'll, I'll, I'll go to, you know, like the our five state meeting. And afterwards, I'll be like, all right, I, I can do it. You know, we're one more time. Yeah, one, more time. one more day. One more day. We can, yeah, well, going to keep going. <laughs> wow. Keep fighting a good fight. Yeah. But, but now I want to ask you this, though, mm-hmm. about our discipline, because I've been the fossil as a forester as well. Where do you see our discipline going? And let me uh, qualify that statement. I mean, where do you see our discipline going economically? You know, like, are we going to continue to be viable? Where do you see forestry going socially? Are we going to be accepted? You know, are we going to be resisted? 
And in some ways, I mean, because we're both, you know, like shoot scholars, we got publications and stuff too. Where you see us going academically, like, like how is it? I know some of this we've talked about, but you know, in private, but not on on this platform. And I really, as a person who's a practitioner who's in the field, who does talks and comes and visits, goes to SAF is just another community for me. And you visit and say, yeah, where do you see us going economically, socially, academically? Okay, so. That's a really interesting question, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there are different answers to mm-hmm. each of those. Or and I'll, and I'll say, you know, my opinion is just going to be one among a lot of opinions that would be out there related to these. And certainly, okay. um, for very specific answers, there'd be probably other folks you'd need to talk to that could yep. get you very specific answers. Sure. But I would say, so um, on the economic level, uh, there's, I think we have some challenges now. Um, okay. And some of that is, uh, you know, timber prices are not so great. Um, and certainly they never recovered from the market crash uh, to what they, mm. you know, had been previously. Although I will say, you know, there probably is a chance that that was certainly a bubble that was inflated a okay. bit. Um, so we and we do we we are going through some of these challenges where you know the tariffs from the Chinese China. tariffs are really um, hurting folks mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of levels and yeah. so there's there are real challenges and also if you're looking at um, forest management you really do need the um, you you know like a lot of people I guess don't really like to hear this side of it but you need. Um, some folks that are out there to do logging. You need some folks in mills. You need folks that are making products. Um, and you need all of those things because otherwise the cost of taking care of the forest, mm-hmm. it could be prohibitive, you know? So you oh. need to be able to um, to have an economic engine to make those things work. And, you know, our uh, industry... It is part of that making that happen. Okay. Um, now I will say there are some other interesting opportunities on the horizon related to like um, you know carbon funding for carbon and, and um, those types of things, and perhaps we'll get at some point into that um, being able to pay landowners for ecosystem services mm-hmm. and those types of things because you know that even though people may not. Um, even though you may never set foot on somebody's property that you know owns forest land, you're receiving some benefits off of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, is there a way that maybe there's a little, you know, incentive that could come? Uh, who knows? I mean, I think some of this remains to be seen. Okay. So, um, so I think we have some challenges, uh, and you know, the markets there are always up and down. That's a nature of markets, sure. um, but. Uh, and hopefully we're, you know, I don't know, like if I, I guess I always feel cautiously optimistic right. uh, because, you know, we, we can come together, support each other, figure out maybe some new ways to work things, then maybe we can solve some of these problems together. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to be challenges and that, um, you know, there aren't maybe some scary things happening in the meantime. Yes. But mm-hmm. um, as far as social, that's an interesting question also, because I think we've had a roller coaster ride as uh, forestry professions over the years, you know, from looking way back to being sort of like the kind of career that 
people did radio programs about, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> to, uh, to like complete uh, these bunch of villains to, you know, yeah. going back up to like, okay, these are people trying to do sustainable work. And, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we've had right. like these ups and downs right. in society. So um, I guess I feel fairly encouraged because I feel like there, there are more people maybe willing to listen to the idea of... Um, of sustainable use mm-hmm. and that as a sensible um, thing and the idea of wood as a renewable resource. So, you know, you could, you can regrow these, these trees. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying, I guess I want to be clear that I'm not saying that, um, that protection is wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because there is a place for that also. Um, but, I think we also need to keep in mind that there is uh, a huge place for sustainable use of what's coming off of our forests. And um, and I think also, you know, we've, you hear in the news recently some studies that have been done that say, wow, we could plant X number of billion trees and, you know, make a dent in climate change. Uh, you know, so there's some mm-hmm. some research that has come out within the last month or so related to that, and mm-hmm. uh, and so actually, my mom has even called and talked to me and said, "Hey, like you're, you know, it's like your profession's in the news again. Like it's it's looking good <laughs> for you guys." <laughs> so, you know, um, so who knows? I mean, I think there are some opportunities there, mm-hmm. and um, and again, like just capitalizing on some of the of those sort of um, things that are happening related to, say, climate change and, and problems that um, trees and forests can be some of the answer to those things. Mm-hmm. And then the care of and maintenance of those trees and forests, so important in that. And that's what the forestry professions are really doing, sort mm-hmm. of that care and maintenance and management and making sure that this is going to be there in the future. Okay. So, yeah. and then um, academic—that's mm-hmm. an interesting question, also, because there's. Uh, um, I think overall there are still downward trends and enrollments uh, in uh, forestry and other outdoor professions. I think we have a challenge because <clears throat> we have, you know, like you just heard. I grew up spending summers all in the woods. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of folks today. And it's just the the way the culture has changed. Folks are growing up; they don't really get outside a whole lot necessarily. Um, you know, they're they're much more um, connected through uh, you know their devices to yes. the world, mm-hmm. and um, you know that may mean that they're not spending time even in the backyard as much as they used to years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so then we have some challenges in. And getting those folks interested in the types of careers that we have. So uh, so that's definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one that I really hope we can figure out how to do something about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of folks, a lot of places are trying different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and hopefully we're going to find something that, that starts to really attract folks to uh, the types of work that we're doing. Okay. So, all right. Okay, well, thank you for that. The last couple will be about you questions. Because you have your own passions. 
but you're a professional that just broke down and I'll be honest as I you know looked at some of your of, of your work you know I'm I'm I want to you know to follow your word I know there be different people with different opinions and different thoughts but I thank you for sharing yours and I understand that natural resources you know like is a passion but you talked a lot about us not I you know, mm-hmm. uh, so it seems like I feel like you have a passion for either partnering or working, cooperating. Some say collaborating, you know, cooperating. And so I'm curious to you, like, do can you tell us, like, where that passion, if if, if, if I'm on the right page, if I'm not, we're about to hear it on the recording. <laughs> if I'm on the right page, you know, how do you enact that in your work? And then just a side question is, and then what do we need to do as far as to protect our environment? How do we... How do we uh, enhance and improve our environment from your perspective? I mean, you've already talked from a forester, but Rachel, the individual, hmm. your passion, how do you get that? And what do we need to do to make it better? Yeah, so, you know, as as you probably guessed from some other talks that we had, like one of my passions is actually working with people. And it is that partnering and the collaborative work mm-hmm. Um it's hard work. <laughs> is it thankless sometimes? <laughs> Why, yes, I believe it is. Thankless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not all the time. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's, I feel like that is what we need in the world today is, a, is more partnership and collaboration and thinking, more thinking about, uh, I don't know, I, when, I, when I talk to groups and I talk to our partner groups, I, I talk about like, let's look, like tell me where the center of the Venn diagram is because, mm-hmm. you know, your goals, uh, you know, your circle's over here and my circle's over here and mm-hmm. they cross a little bit, but these partners over here, you know, they're gonna cross over, but mm-hmm. where do we all, you know what's the area there in the center where all of the circles overlap and that's where the partnership is going to be the strongest Mm. is in those areas and so uh, you know can we figure that out because I guess one thing that frustrates me a lot um and it's it's not just in the forestry community I think it's happening everywhere is that people want to say uh, you know, they can't agree on anything or they there's a finer point that maybe you made and they don't like it. So they decided mm-hmm. uh, it's not even worth me talking to you because, oh, you know, you we don't agree. We mm-hmm. don't agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But are you sure? Are you sure there isn't a place that that we do agree? Mm-hmm. So one area that we're working on this in Pennsylvania, uh, we have a group getting together now that's called the Woodland Stewardship Innovation Team. Uh, because we realize that we have um, within our uh, woodland stewardship programs, kind of like our rural uh, private land assistance type of work that we do as a large partnership with all kinds of partners involved. You said private land? Yes, okay. private land. Uh, so like I tell people, it's on land we don't own with people we're not the boss of. So we have to uh, work in a different fashion than you would if you were the boss of those people and you owned the property. <laughs> yes, just remove that yep. out of the way. <laughs> so um, so the, well, this group is kind of charged with looking at our partnership as a whole and saying, okay, how can we find the things that are in the center of the Venn diagram that we all agree on and how can we then um, sort of create a program that everybody has a part of, that everyone understands their role in it and that we can bring landowners through and have them triage the system in a way that's not confusing to them. Because right now, 
that group has a program and that group has a program and our group has programs and those people and those people, you know what I mean? Everybody's got a thing going and the landowner comes out and says, whoa, you know, it's all confusing. I don't understand how these things fit together. And so what we're trying to do is, uh, that's part of what this partnership's trying to do is say, all right, how do we create this so that we can, you know, have people move through the system that we can all have a message that we share and gets repeated out there mm -hmm. and that we're not all kind of counter messaging each other in the meantime and just making a confusing landscape for everyone. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we're working on is um, a document that we are calling unifying principles. And so you know, we sat down as a group and we're kind of like, OK, here's the things we all think are, are challenges in this arena. Okay. And then we have, and here's some principles that we are, you know, willing to agree on as a group. Mm -hmm. And so we have a, a sort of smaller group that is, um, has drafted, you know, documents, and then we bring it to the larger group, go mm -hmm. over that. And then eventually, once we have a more solid document, we're going to bring that out to larger stakeholder groups and we get more information back from folks on how they're all feeling about it. Um, but what's been interesting, and this is like this, the interesting stuff working with partnerships is, mm -hmm. so um, for example, the term landscape um, means something different to different people. Yes. So um, so you've got uh, some folks that landscape is just like a, a geographical line around some features, you know, and then you have other people that feel like there is a, uh, let's say a more, uh, political question or political agenda behind that. And so, you know, we're having discussions about this. And and again, um, what I'm getting to is about sort of that working with partnerships to say, okay, well, we'll try to draft some language. We'll bring it back to folks. You can take a look at it and, you know, but in the end, if we do not agree on this, then it is indeed not a unifying principle and it needs to come out. Hmm. You know, because what we're talking about is the center of the Venn diagram. And if this is not in the center of the Venn diagram, then it doesn't belong. It's not unifying and it doesn't belong here. That doesn't say that it's not saying that the different groups can't believe. We'll just agree to disagree on that thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we'll see how it turns out because we're about to um, you know, have another meeting coming up here in about a month. And we'll see. Uh, you know, if the changes that were made to the document were sufficient to um, mm -hmm. to make it a unifying principle. Okay. But, but part of that is sitting at the table with people, again, who might, um, you know, believe different things or, um, you know, have a different take on something. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, uh, is also, you know, building trust with folks and saying, well, we're not going to kick you out of the group because, you know, you're not agreeing with us. Yes. You know what I mean? So you're not shutting the door. Right. Yep. So this is a way we can still participate. We can all still be involved in this, but we're agreeing that these are the unifying principles and other stuff we may disagree on. I have to ask you this. Why is it that you're, that you work that way? And I'll be a little bit more specific. You know, you, you're keeping people at the table and I know you don't always hear things that you want to hear because <laughs> that laugh tells me exactly that right there. You know, so why is it important to you? And, you know, recognizing that some things you're passionate about, building and maintaining partnerships with stakeholder groups. Uh, these are just some pre-questions. Team building, facilitation, diversity, equity, inclusion. But there's this thing, listening. And I know it's not always easy for me to listen to things that I don't want to hear, but 
I do think that it's important for me to be able to do that. You as a leader who does this and you're waiting to see how this is going to work out. Um, why is it like, why do you do it? Why, why do you think it's important for you to stay there and also help to keep people there at the table? I guess it's really because I feel like we're going to, if we can keep people at the table, keep them engaged mm -hmm. and build trust, then we're going to be able to go farther and probably faster than we could uh, otherwise. Mm -hmm. And okay. I, I don't think really you can do that without trust. There's a really great book out there called The Speed of Trust. I don't know if you've ever seen that one around. It's I've a, seen it, but I haven't ever Yeah, read it's it. a Covey okay. book. It's really good, and it talks okay. about... Um, the cost of distrust um, and that, you know, some of those costs are actually financial costs or mm -hmm. costs in the amount of time that it takes to do things. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that that's true. And I've seen it borne out in different ways, um, you know, throughout my career that, boy, when people don't trust each other, man, you, you, like, you can't do anything. Um, the whole process is kind of murky and slow and um you know everyone's moving around and they're afraid to talk to people and they're afraid to you know so um so i you know that's i, I again i feel like if we can get people on board we can go you know faster and farther or there's potential to go faster and farther gotcha, gotcha. so um okay. So I think that's why, and I and also you know inherently, um, I I like to listen to folks. You know, mm -hmm. I mean it's just a mm -hmm. like what do people think? Because mm -hmm. I need to always be checking myself that I'm not staying in a little box. You know, am mm -hmm. I am I considering what I need to consider to make these you know, to make programs work, you know, and to, or to get a message out or whatever, you know, like I might have blinders on and, you know, that's the nature mm -hmm. of blinders. <laughs> so it's like, you can't Black see. And so, you know, like, and inside is painted, you know, the logo of my organization. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So yeah. I need to be able to check myself. Right. Yeah, get out uh, of and, and also, quite frankly, like, even if somebody disagrees with you, uh, it it can it, it's important to think then about okay if that's a disagreement mm -hmm. uh, how do we get past that mm. you know um, instead of just being angry about it I'd be like okay um, you know something was interesting we had a we partner with the Natural Resources Conservation Service a lot they really uh, they, yeah we have a great partnership with them mm -hmm. uh, and a few years ago we did have an argument um, over something and. You know, it was one of these, like, okay, well, we're, we'll express our opinion, and they'll express their opinion. And at the end, we kind of agreed to disagree and say, hey, this partnership is still valuable. We're still going to move forward. Um, but in the whole discussion, um, they had a concern and, you know, had decided they wanted to solve it using X, Y, Z. And I said, okay, well, I just want, I want to understand um, because... You know, we are sort of feeling that that is not exactly necessary how you've shown it. But but what problem are we trying to solve here so that we can 
understand that maybe there is another way to solve it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and so in that case, yeah, it was important for us to hear back from them to say, okay, um, you want to require this? Tell, yeah, explain why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it can make you think in a different way to mm-hmm. ask those questions. Hey, yes. tell me why you're upset about this. Um, because who knows? Maybe you find out you're not even on the same page or you're not even the same book sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> much less the same page. So, uh, and sometimes you, you expect that somebody is in your book mm-hmm. or on the page with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless you listen to them, you know, you may not know. You're like, oh, well, no wonder I have trouble communicating with so-and-so because they are interpreted this thing as that and I interpret it as that. If we don't listen, we don't know those things. Mm. Oh. Okay. Listening. Everyone is listening to this. Remember to listen. Now, I'm going to just... We talked about the field of forestry. And we understand you're a forester, you're an arborist. But there are other things that you, like, kind of touched on, just on a personal. But we never go into people's personal. But, like, you... I mean, like, you mentioned that you're a daughter, you're a sibling. You know, you talked about having, you know, sisters. Are there other parts of you... Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm asking. You don't have to answer if you don't want. You know, other parts of you that you bring into the discipline, or the parts of the discipline that you take into the personal. Like I'm just, you know, as a, you know, as a person, like you know, we're not just yeah. all, you know, we're not just eight hours a day at work. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, you know, I know that there's more to you than that. You know, just curious is there, you know, uh, could, could you answer that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I would say one thing I bring from personal life into work is mm. is creativity. Okay. And like a. Maybe a different way to look at something. Okay. And also being willing to look at something from a different perspective. Okay. So that's All something right. that I uh, work, uh, you know, I try to do at home. I do I actually do a lot of um, art type of projects and um, enjoy that a lot. Okay. And again, like that, some of that is like a stress reliever, mm-hmm. but also, um, I don't know, kind of gets that creativity going uh and i would say from work to home would probably be just that concept of sustainability and uh and wise use like thinking about oh am i using my resources wisely Mm -hmm. Uh, um you know am i using my time wisely am i using you know so it's that uh almost the is what i'm doing here or there is that sustainable you know and not necessarily environmentally speaking but Mm -hmm. is it sustainable financially is it sustainable uh you know emotionally is it sustainable in any of these other categories um so so yeah i think that's something that really comes from like that's what we think about at work is Mm -hmm. are things sustainable and how you know how can we think about that another thing that is kind of funny um because I find myself talking a lot about it at work these days, but it also applies at home, is the idea of return on investment. And, you know, I talk to my staff a lot about, okay, well, we really have to make that consideration if the amount of time and energy and money that we're putting into this, we've got to get at least that much out of it mm-hmm. in worth, whatever worth means for mm-hmm. that situation. Right, absolutely, yes. <laughs> and then... Um, so then we got to make a decision because if we have a deficit there in what's coming out, then, you know, maybe we need to rethink what's going in. And maybe this is a project we don't do. And maybe this, you know, because 
the ROI isn't there. Yes. So, okay. Because <laughs> we're limited, you know. We only have so many days. We only have so many, um, you know, so many resources. Mm-hmm. And so we got to think about those things. Uh-huh. So that, I feel like that's been kind of across the board thinking about concepts like that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, Rachel, uh, we bring it to a close because soon you're about to be on in front of Yale University. Uh, No pressure, no pressure at all because you have this, my friend. Uh, Is there anything that you would like to add that I know, you know, because I know I didn't ask everything. You know, um, I mean, I asked all my questions, but I didn't ask everything in the universe. Is there something that you would want to say that I didn't, you know, that my limited thing didn't give you an opportunity to share? Uh, Anything that you would like to leave us with? Uh, that if it wasn't covered in the questions? Uh, I guess maybe just the perspective. Remember to listen to folks. Uh, I, I will I'll take just a moment. I'll step on a little bit of, of a soapbox of mine, which is... Oh, yeah, this, uh, your yeah. <laughs> this is the idea of... So we live in a world today where people feel like they can't have a discussion... Uh, can't disagree and still have a discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we really need to be thinking about mm-hmm. in our world today mm-hmm. is how we can hear other people, hear their side of it, um, try to look at things from a different pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And I always say to folks, it's like, so we can have a conversation. You know, I can give my opinion and you can give your opinion Mm -hmm. and in the end maybe I'll change my mind because I see something you say is Mm -hmm. is worth thinking about um or something that I never thought about and I see what you're saying and you Mm -hmm. might think the same thing about me but it's also possible that neither of us change our mind and all three of those options are okay okay Okay. so Mm -hmm. so um and I, I don't know, I just feel like this is something that we really need to be thinking about in society today because we see, you know, lots of things that are happening. And a lot of the things that are out there, it's the, you know, people can't even sit down and have a conversation about these things mm-hmm. anymore because they already have a preconceived notion about the person that's sitting over there or a group of people that's over there. Right. And so, um, so I just encourage folks to think about that. Um, and again, you don't have to change your mind, mm-hmm. uh, but hey, take a listen, see if it makes sense, um, and yeah, then have conversations without that um, background of of anger and hatred that's there. Mm. So, All right. so that's a there's a I'll step up my soapbox now. <laughs> I, I think that soapbox is, is, is fine. You can stay on that. That is good. We need to hear that in today's world and even in today's academic climate, uh, today's literal environmental climate and social. So uh, I, I want to thank you thank for you. your time. Thank you for coming up and being um, our speaker. It is our honor to have you here. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. Thank you. Thank you for your Hardwood is a production of the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies in New Haven, Connecticut. Our producer, engineer, and editor is Chris Perkins, a joint degree student between both 
the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies, as well as the Yale School of Management, where he is getting a Master's of Environmental Management and a Master's in Business Administration. I am Thomas Richard Easley. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.